Today's episode of the Goldcast is sponsored by, actually, it's sponsored by, there was this guy, Irish Niners fan, he adds me on Instagram, and then he reaches out to me, and I'm going to read the message because this was badass, this is who's sponsoring the episode today, he says to me, he says, hey Rudy, just had to tell you how much I love the show and I've been listening to it for over a year over here in Northern Ireland. Irish Niner fan. He's sponsoring the show today because, God damn it, he's from Ireland and even he knows the best team on the world to, to root for is the San Francisco 49ers. So, Irish Niner fan, you're sponsoring the show. We really appreciate you reaching out to us. How badass is that, Ray? Where the hell was I in that initial message? Message, the. Take it from the top. Where the hell was I in the uh, the message that he sent to you, man? Uh, anyways, uh, shout out to Irish Niner fan. That's so awesome that he's listening from, of all countries. I mean, that just goes to show you how great the Niners legacy is, how far-reaching that status is. Joe Montana, Steve Young, Ronnie Lott, Ricky Waters, everybody, Roger Craig. Uh, Dwight Clark, the late great Dwight Clark. It's sad that we have to say that now, but Jerry Rice, yeah, Jerry Rice, John Taylor, uh, Brent Jones, God, everybody, so many good players. But uh, shout out to Niner Irish Niner fan, uh, you know what's up, and we appreciate it. So be sure to uh, shout out in the comment section too, because uh, we would love to hear more from you. Um, let other Niner fans out there know that there's a show for them. Um, supported by Niners fans and hosted by Niner natives. So, so, so keep it going. That was awesome. Hell yeah. Now, Raymond, before we get started, why don't you let them know where can they find us? Where can they leave these comments you, you speak of, sir? Well, I'd say the most popular platform is YouTube, YouTube slash the Goldcast. However, you can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the goldcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at the goldcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at the goldcast underscore. Make sure to add the underscore at the end of that name because there's some other moron on Twitter that has a goldcast name but is inactive. So we're kind of stuck with that one. But uh, make sure to do that. You can also subscribe to us. Uh, via iTunes and Stitcher. So all under the same name of the Goldcast. Like, subscribe, comment. YouTube seems to be the most popular platform that everybody likes to comment on because it's probably the easiest platform to comment on. I don't think iTunes really has has that same thing. It's kind of like download and listen. That's about as far as it goes. Stitcher is the same way. So I would say YouTube, make an easy account, you know, use one of your burner emails and then you can get in there and talk to us and we try to do our best to respond back. So um, that's the easiest and uh, we appreciate the support. So, and this is a, uh, this is a special episode because it's the uh, end of the uh, midsummer season episode. Is it not? Yep. Yep. This is it. We take, we will be taking a break after this episode and we will be returning in Ju- uh, in August right before the start of preseason so this is it this is it the next time we will be back 
will be, let's see, the first game is August 9th is when the Niners play. So I would venture to say, Ray, what do you think? August 5th or the 12th is probably when we'll be back. Yeah, either one of those two dates. I mean, we're going to be spending the offseason kind of ironing out um, some uh, technical aspects of the show to further improve that, as we said um, in the previous episodes and pretty much, you know, off and on all this year that we've been kind of working on enhancing the aesthetics of the show, not just the auditory aspect of the show. So that's one of the things that we're going to be doing um, in July, not just necessarily taking a break from the show. We're actually going to be focusing on improving the uh, visual enhancements of the, sh- of the show because we originally meant to launch that earlier this year, but it didn't necessarily work out that way because it turned out to be a little bit more challenging than, than we had anticipated. So that's something we're going to be ironing out. Uh, in the off season um, to just kind of just bring you a better version of the show, because that's kind of how we want to grow and evolve. And, um, and so we look forward to that coming, uh, coming in the new season. You got it. The, uh, so this is, this will be the final episode for a month, not the final, final episode just for a month. And then we're back and then it's on. But uh, today We've got some stuff to talk about. We're going to talk about the Warriors drafting and uh, what we think about that and their kind of soft reboot. Obviously, it's not a rebuild. This is a team that's won three out of four championships. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about LeBron and the summer melees of just being a sports fan and this summer melees. And then, of course, the impending return of the San Francisco 49ers led by Jimmy Garoppolo and his new team of badasses. But before we get started, of course, first, the Goldcast intro. Let's get busy. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Goldcast. Boom. Welcome to another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Swiss III, and with me is my brother, my co-host, Raymond Solis the first, baby. Boom. All right. Here we are. Summer edition. Summer edition. The Warriors. Raymond, I don't know about you, but I am definitely still in the afterglow. Six championships in eight years. Eight championship appearances in eight years. Six glorious titles, three dynasties. Holy moly. I'm still in the afterglow of yet the third title, securing the dynasty. That's all I wanted. That's all we wanted was the Warriors to secure the dynasty. Bill Simmons called them the team of the decade. And he said in order for them to be the team of the decade, they really probably had to win this one and secure that third victory. And he was right. You know, he said, if not, he said the same thing you said, Ray, which I thought pretty fascinating. I love that. He said the same thing you did, that if the Warriors did not secure this one, if they lost this championship, then essentially they would be pretty much identical to the Miami Heat run, who won two out of four. And, you know, that doesn't really put them ahead of the game. But now, now you have three out of four. You have a dynasty secured. And I'm still in the afterglow of it. 
I wanted to hear how you feel. How do you feel about about all that team of the decade? Do you think that's right? Everything Bill Simmons said. What do you think? Um, I think I think they're definitely a team of the decade. No, no other basketball team has been more successful than the Warriors. However, I think at the same time, there's still room to win some more. So whether they do three in a row or whether they win two out of the next four, three or four or five years, I think it just kind of further cements the dynasty that has already been created within these past four seasons. So, you know, yes, it would always be a shame that they missed the uh, 73 and nine season, but at the same time, um, three out of four is still amazingly difficult to pull off even in the NBA, which is the easiest of the big major three sports to maintain a dynasty because it requires the fewest amount of players to cooperate um, on the playing field. You know, baseball requires nine, football requires 11. Those are very difficult to do. Um, So baseball or baseball, basketball is a little bit easier because you have, you know, half of that in order to try to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. So the Warriors um, play beautiful basketball and it's obviously, I think they own the decade. I think that goes without question, but at the same time, I think there's still room to win more. And Curry alluded to that uh, in his parade speech. And uh, that's just all I want to see, you know, and I, I don't, I'm not necessarily going to be butthurt if they get knocked out of the playoffs next season or the season after that, would I love to see them win three straight? Yes, that would be the ultimate. Um, but at the same time, if they win the year after that or the year after that, after dropping this next season, because going five in a row is ridiculous. LeBron James has done it single-handedly um, based on where he's been and, and how he takes care of himself. But to do it as a team, um, that's that's a pretty tall order. And even to do it four, four years straight, the way the Warriors have, I mean, that's that took a toll on the Warriors. And I think that was evident this past season. So I'm very curious to see how they regroup themselves. I think going through this season and surviving it and actually winning it is helpful because it seems like, all right, look, this is kind of the BS that we went through in order to get here. So if we want to go through it again, this is kind of what we should expect and what we should want to avoid. So the question is, how do we avoid that? And how do we, how do we grow as a team trying to do the same thing for a, a fifth straight year. So that's kind of the big question that's on my mind, but, and there's no denying that. And it's awesome to, to be uh, an area native and to witness that because it's, it's nothing short of miraculous. Pretty impressive. It, it is pretty, it is pretty impressive. I agree with you. Also, for those of you wondering about a little bit of Raymond's uh, technical difficulties in there, he is calling via the phone directly from San Francisco. Normally, he's speaking from his his personal uh, podcast setup, but today, Ray's phoning in, old school, FM radio style. But I agree. Can the Warriors maintain it? I think it's pretty hard. I just think statistically just from a pure numbers perspective, it's going to be hard for the Warriors to go back to a fifth and win. Uh, We'll see what happens. I think a lot. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You know, the, uh, the Houston Rockets, you know, arguably were one Chris Paul injury away from taking that series. But if we're going to play that game, 
I mean, the Warriors might have been one. Yeah, but we were, we were one Iguodala injury away from. Exactly. We were one Iguodala injury away from, you know, winning that series, wrapping it up in five versus seven. So, you know, we you want to play that game, play that game. But I don't necessarily think that's fair. Having said that, having said that, I think I think it is. Yes, I have no idea what the Warriors like what's going to happen. We drafted Jacob Evans out of Cincinnati, which I think is kind of funny because he's a he he was uh, for the Cincinnati Bearcats and he was an Ohio native, which again, I found that funny. It's like, man, we just keep we just keep kicking on Ohio, whether it's Cleveland or Cincinnati. We just keep on kicking them. So I I thought it was interesting. And um, I don't know a lot about him. We're going to have to see. Obviously, he's a bit more of a two-way player versus last year's drafting of Bell, who was more of a defensive player. So we'll see what he can bring. Kerr's looking for players that can play now, that can contribute now. And they also said they had a pretty big commitment. They wanted to get younger. They wanted to get younger. I don't know how many years you can keep rolling back Andre Iguodala and uh, Sean Livingston. They're the two that I get really nervous about as far as what their longevity is. I still believe, and this sounds aggressive, I still think you could probably trade both of them for some really high competent level players. The problem is, is can we afford those high competent levels? I I, I love everything they've contributed to, so it's not like I, I would, if they could stay and still play at this high level, I have no issue with it, but I still think you could probably trade them for some younger players around the league and really get some mileage out of, out of some younger players. We do need to get younger on that bench, and I think you're going to see several different players disappear. I think this is... Uh, the end of the run for a, a, we, we can't run with those many centers again. That's just pretty obvious. Yeah. But the question is who goes, who stays, they drafted a guard because they're preparing for Iguodala and Sean Livingston to kind of transition to retirement because we have Patrick McCall. We have cook. We drafted, we drafted Evans. I don't think Nick Young stays. While he has the offensive prowess that fits our system, he does not have the defensive capabilities, and he didn't even evolve over the season defensively at, at all um, to to really fit the system. So I think Evans fits that void. I think Jordan Bell still has a lot of room to grow and grow in, and, and become a better defender who can also, you know, there was at times he seldom, he didn't really take a whole lot of shots, but when he did, um, he's actually a competent shooter. So and not a bad free throw shooter either. So a lot better than, you know, JaVale McGee uh, in comparison or, or Kavon Looney. And I'm not necessarily sure that they can keep either one of those. You know, I, I think Looney's maybe a safer bet than JaVale McGee, but, you know, JaVale McGee has that really good length that none of our, none of our big guys have. And so if, if he goes, that's one component that we would be losing. So someone would have to fill that void, you know, obviously Zaza Pachulia, he's double digits into his career. So he's in the twilight period of his career. What didn't even really wasn't, was a non-factor in the finals, despite being the starter throughout the regular season. So I'm just not really sure where we go from here. We've drafted guards, so that's more indicative of the transition of Iguodala and probably sooner Sean Livingston, um, despite the fact that he had a really good final series. Now, those veterans, those are players with the exception of Andre Iguodala, who got a deal. 
um, Sean Livingston would take a pay cut and be like, ah, ah, screw it. I'd rather just win at this point. So I don't know. Um, it, it's it's hard to tell. He doesn't care. He just cares about. Yeah, I, yeah I, I I think he's in that he's in the I don't give a shit but boat. <clears throat> yeah, I would agree with that. Definitely. So, but you know, on top of this, a lot of this, what I obviously I think the most important aspect to besides getting past Houston again, the other thing the Warriors really have to ask themselves: Is it going to be possible? Is it going to be possible? Like, not. I'm sorry. Not is going to be possible. Where does LeBron end up? That's the real question. Like, if LeBron ends up, I, I, outside of Houston, I don't really see him going to any team in the West that would make them an immediate contender. Do you? No, he, it, he would have to. Houston's the only thought. Thunder's the only thought. And the only reason I don't see either of them happening, but the only reason why I mention them is because, because they have established pedigree. They have stars that are already there. There's rumors that are saying that Paul George is going to stay in the in Oklahoma because he's going to get you know a, a big contract there, which he wouldn't get elsewhere or potentially could not get elsewhere. So that's what I heard. He would have to go to L.A. and team up with you know Kawhi Leonard. I think him and Kawhi Leonard could make a strong run with the young roster there. You know, I think Walton would do a decent job with those with those guys. Walton's not good enough to build a team from the ground up, but he is good enough to lead some stars, you know, across the plane there with uh, with confidence and competence. But um, I don't necessarily see that happening if he goes to. I mean, I think L.A. could make a playoff run. I don't think they're necessarily guaranteed to to make a deep playoff run, but I think they. They make 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 the first round and make a run at the first round. It really depends. So, but if he goes to an established team with stars, then you know there's obviously more hope. Definitely, I I would say I think his best bet, LeBron's best bet, would probably to be to stay somewhere in the East. Philadelphia is trying really hard. I don't think he would go to Boston. I think mainly because of the Kyrie thing. I don't think Kyrie has a choice. I think if LeBron had the opportunity, if they wanted LeBron, they would take him and Kyrie would just have to deal with it. But I think the nucleus of guys in Boston, I think the nucleus of guys in Boston could have beat the Cavs this year if Kyrie and Gordon Hayward were were healthy. So that kind of is a non-factor to me. I think his, his, Best options are to retool Cleveland and, I mean, really retool and get that team. Like, I mean, they got to basically practically, they practically have to like rebuild it around LeBron again. You know, I mean, from the ground up and they start with another superstar to add to LeBron and that you probably keep Kevin Love. You keep Love, even though for some reason they don't like Kevin Love. I don't know what the deal with that is. But you have LeBron, Kevin Love. You add another superstar Perhaps Kawhi Leonard, because um, did you know San Antonio will not trade Kawhi to anywhere in the West? They've already shut that down pretty aggressively. I kind of figured. I was like, why would Pop trade him? Pop doesn't give a f about anybody. He doesn't give a. Uh. So I didn't. I thought that was. I thought that was kind of uh, very assumptive on the part of the Lakers that they that that just Greg Popovich is just going to go. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah, all good, bro. Yeah, take Kawhi. Yeah, give me Lonzo Ball. 
Like, come on. Like, I just, there was, I got no impression. Then they said, oh, yeah. Then it came out. Woj was like, yeah, San Antonio will not be doing it. Will not, will not be hearing any trade offers from the West. Like, he has to go to the East or, and that's. Because San Antonio's smart and that would be stupid. <laughs> You're just going to hand the enemy, you know, your best player? It's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, kudos to, to San Antonio. That'd be ridiculous to, to begin with. So that means that the likelihood of LeBron landing there first, uh, uh, the first big star to go to LA in a long time, that's uh, that's more likely than Kawhi anytime soon, that's for sure. Yeah, and if he goes to LA, if he does go to LA, I don't think he can he can't compete now. That's just not that's not realistic at all, dude. That's no way. No way. He's gonna he'll make him an instant playoff contender. But that team as set up, and you just add LeBron, I don't think that team goes to the finals. This is not the East. This is the West. And he puts so much miles. He puts so many miles on his body. I'm just I'm just curious to see what's going to happen if he actually goes West. And now he has to play the Golden State Warriors, OKC, San Antonio. Not just twice a year, but he has to play them on a regular basis. Welcome to the West. Utah Jazz are pretty hot. I mean, there's a lot of teams that are moving up out there. You got the New Orleans Pelicans. I mean, gosh, the list just goes on and on, man. Houston. We didn't even talk about Houston. Houston still. The list goes on and on. He's not going to be sitting there messing around with the sorry-ass Knicks and whatever, what are, uh, you know, the weak-ass Toronto Raptors. I mean, the list goes on of whack-ass teams in the East. He's not going to be messing with any of those. He's going to be out there in the West. This is where This is where men are made. This is where teams come to die. This is where NBA Finals dreams are shattered. Right here in the good old Western Conference. Wild West, baby. Billy the Kid, let's go. So I just don't see I just don't see that happening, man. Like I really don't. I think I think it'd be kind of foolish for him. Maybe what he does is he he either goes to Philly, which would probably be the best bet. And that's kind of what I thought would be his best bet was to go lead those young bucks. Go lead the young bucks. I I'd say that, go to Philly. Stay in Cleveland and reboot it. And then may, maybe if you want to go to L.A., go next year when Kawhi. Kawhi has already told everyone he plans on, on signing with Los Angeles next year. So go take a one-year flyer possibly on Philly. See what you think. And then maybe you maybe you go uh, you go to Los Angeles with Kawhi in next year. Maybe, and maybe uh, Paul George does the same thing. You know what I mean? Know what I mean, Billie Jean? Maybe. I mean, we'll have to see what happens. I mean, uh, that's fine with me. Another another year with LeBron in Cleveland, or I doubt he goes to Philadelphia. I just don't see it. I don't think his family wants to go from Cleveland to Philadelphia. I just don't see it. So it's kind of lateral, huh? I don't know. I, yeah, I, it's it's well. I mean, it's. It's lateral in terms of I don't know. It just it just it's I think it's I think it'd be taking a step backwards for his family, but uh, but you know for in terms of competition, he'd be with two really young players. One and and the question is, would he want to go into that team? You know, does Embiid and and them want him to? I don't know. Would would they embrace? I don't. I just don't. I just don't know if that particular trio would work cohesively long term. You know, uh, they might work for an All Star game or here too, but not for an entire season. 
I just don't see that at all. Uh, that's that's the one thing I can't necessarily wrap my head around, and um, and I just I just don't I just don't know. I, if he goes to L.A., then that that makes more sense because his kids go to school there, his business holdings are there, or at least some of his business holdings are there. So that one makes more logistical sense. I think his I think his family would obviously be more open to that as as a collective group. But as far as contending goes, you know, now now the road to the finals is the Warriors and or, or Houston and or, you know, what's left of San Antonio with a healthy Kawhi Leonard this year, theoretically. So it's a uh, it's a tougher road. And I don't think uh, I don't think that him and a bu- and a handful of rookies is good enough to do it because Paul George isn't coming over and Kawhi Leonard's not coming over. So I don't know what other all-star is going to come over because we know Paul, uh, Chris Paul is going to stay in Houston to get that max deal. Why not? You've been in the league this this amount of years. Might as well stick around and get your cash out contract. And and, and you can only do that in Houston. So, so I think he sticks around there. So And I don't see LeBron going to Houston because I just don't think Houston can afford him. They'd have to give up too many of their role players off the bench and within their starting lineup in order to make that that possible so uh that that's not happening either so uh, i think uh, it's either cleveland or los angeles and and e- in either case um it's it's gonna result in in a loss whether in the playoffs or in the finals <laughs> it's gonna result in a loss <laughs> yeah. that's all <laughs> i love it i love it all right so Let's talk about this. Let's talk a little bit about, let's talk about the deeper underlying issues about why this break is even happening. You know, the finals have ended. I mean, come on, Goldcast Nation, Niner Nation, Giants Nation, Warrior Nation, Dub Nation, come on, back us up. This is the most boring time of the year. The All-Star break for baseball hasn't happened yet. The NBA Finals is over. Football's still two months away. It's just... Man, this summer melees. This is the summer melees. This is the dog days of sports. The two most boring eras, Ray, in all of sports has got to be this eras. It's got to be from the end of the finals to the end of the MLB All-Star break. It's got to be the most boring. And I would say the next most boring is right after the Super Bowl. And uh, between the, right at the end of the Super Bowl and before the NBA All-Star break, right before, you know, the the playoffs, the, really it all heats up at the end of the NBA All-Star break. I mean, you could even argue, depending on how much you like regular season, that it's dead basically from the end of the Super Bowl to the beginning of the NBA playoffs. You know, that whole Feb, late, late January, early Feb, March. But is this not just the deadest time of the year or what? This is the uh, most boring sports period of the year every year if we watched hockey then we would be fine because we would have something to hold on to if we cared about the world cup every four years that would be fine but we play real football in america where we use our hands and our feet Um, we don't wait every four years to compete for a championship that shit is up for grabs every goddamn year so you know the 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 biggest lull that we have to deal with is uh late july up to early August. So, and even then 
August is just exhibition, so it's not even the real deal. So even then, it's still a, uh, it's still a a fictitious demonstration. So it really doesn't start until September. September is when things get real, uh, not only for football but also for baseball. You've got you've got from August to September to to solidify yourself as a contender. So that that needs to happen for the Giants, you know, who have won a couple of back to back series. But you've got to sustain that. Can't be this, you know, win two, lose three, win five, lose two kind of pattern that they've been going on this season. They've got to turn it up. So, and they've got to turn it up in time to keep us all galvanized by the time the Niners get going, because there's obviously a lot of excitement. Uh, heading into the regular season for San Francisco this year. And we're all eager to see how Jimmy G is going to do having a whole year of off season and off season training with all of his teammates and new teammates, you know, how that's going to come to fruition this coming season. So, uh, so it's up to the giants to kind of keep us going here. And uh, it was nice for them to get a walk-off win from Hunter Pence today. But at the same time, um, you got to start playing like contenders if they want to compete in the tournament. And I just haven't quite seen that yet this season, despite getting some of the some of the big uh, veteran bats they've gotten. Um, one of them's on the DL with uh, Evan Longoria and, you know, McCutcheon uh, is, you know, contributing respectfully, but not, you know, not doing anything wildly out of the ordinary. Um, nothing reminiscent of his uh, five all-star you know, uh, appearances from, from, from the past. But I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. It's kind of a wait and see thing. It is kind of a wait and see thing for the San Francisco giants. Um, yeah, we, we, we back to back series wins, but I agree. But I mean, was there ever, I, you know what? I, I guess this is it that they're in, they're consistent offensively. They're not consistent defensively. And the, in the years of our, in the other years for our, World Series runs, we were very consistent defensively, and we all know pitching wins championships. And I think that's why it's hard to get really excited and get behind this team. Plus, we got those three juggernauts in the American League. You've got Houston, New York, and Boston. Just man, those teams are out of control right now. They're they're and Houston. Houston looks like it's it wants to repeat so bad. I mean, they are just out of control man they've won 15 of the last 17 games and they were on like an 11 game win streak they look tough they look tough last year but they look super tough this year yeah they look ready to win it which is great um great for the for the city and for the franchise for sure sucks to be an a fan because they're running away with it easily and they're leaving the a's in the dust but uh you know we'll have to see what happens with the a's because you know the top brass is apparently rumored to uh come apart you know, and some of it is rumored to come over to the San Francisco side where we want to win. We want to invest long term into our players to keep the winning ways going. Whereas Oakland just doesn't seem to care about any sports team that they have in the area. One's going to Vegas. One's moving to San Francisco. And the other is hanging on by the hair on their chinny chin chin. So good luck with that. By the hair on their chinny chin chin. Yeah, good luck with all that. But Raymond, speaking of, it's almost time. The crown jewel of the gold cast. The number one every time we lead off with the red and gold 
with the San Francisco 49ers. When we lead off with them, we get the most hits, the most listens. The, the comments during the NFL season on YouTube are crazy. The Kings. The Kings are almost back. August 9th, Game 1, preseason. San Francisco 49ers back. Bay Area! They're almost here. It's almost time. I cannot wait. Let's go. Let's go. How how psyched are you for this season? The upcoming season. It's right around the corner. I can almost see it. I can finally almost see it. Uh, I just just bring us September already. Let's let's just get started. No more games. Just sports. No more games. Just sports. I'm ready. It's so close. August 9th. Mark your calendars, Gold Cast Nation. Mark your calendars. 49ers are back on August 9th. Okay, now listen. Uh, we're going to do this again. We're going to talk about this in more in depth when we get closer. But listen, give the preseason a chance. It gives us a chance to see all of the rookies, all of our draft picks. Give preseason a chance. I love preseason. And you know what? It doesn't really matter if we win or lose in preseason. That I could care less about. But I'll tell you what. Things that we're doing wrong in preseason only get worse in the regular season. And things we're doing good, things we're doing good, maybe we have a chance of being a little bit more consistent. You know, that's that's a, the big a, the big lesson I've always taken away from pe- from preseason is that doesn't matter if you win or lose, but what you do well, you have a shot at being consistent at during the regular season, and what you're doing poorly in the preseason will only get exposed even worse in the regular season. So it's a good early barometer about where we are as a team. So give preseason a chance. If you don't watch preseason, watch it. It's good. You'll get you're just getting a sneak preview, possibly even a spoiler alert as to what and where and who the 49ers are going into this season. So give them a chance. That's all I say. Ray, what do you have to say? about that preseason uh preseason's boring as hell it's just about getting into rhythm it's about seeing how the rookies perform and it'll be good to kind of see i guess you know jimmy just back in motion again you know in real time game motion again but ultimately it's kind of about it's about the rookies kind of getting their licks it's about the second units seeing how they've improved in limited action and more or less just kind of, you know, getting the team in order before, you know, week one happens. And week one is even kind of there's there's some hangover from the preseason within week one, week two, week three. You know, it isn't until about, I'd say, week three, week four before all of the teams really start to kind of settle in to their systems, their schemes, their starting rosters, their second team units, etc., so, I mean, it, it's a, it's, it's going to be a process for all of us, but obviously, you know, everything counts in week one, regardless of whether they're ready or not, or whether there's a hangover from preseason. So, you know, the, it, it's, it's going to be exciting because I think, uh, I think Jimmy G from what we've been reading in the articles and what we've been seeing in uh, OTAs, despite some of the lulls that the media wants to dramatize, I think he's going to be more than ready without a doubt. I think so too. I also like how I spent a good two minutes there trying to get the Goldcast Nation pumped 
about preseason. And then you open with preseason's boring as hell. Then you end with it's going to be pretty exciting. Way to bury the lead there. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. What a, what, a, what what backup here. Thank you, brother. Awesome. <laughs> All right. It's gonna it's it's a double edged sword. It's great. It's great. It's great to be. It's great to see football on the big screen, but it's shitty that it doesn't count. I agree with that, and we need to wrap this up, Raymond. Before we leave, why don't you let them know where they can find you? You can find me on Instagram at raceelise one, and you can follow me on Twitter at raceelise. S-O-L-I-S. Boom. You can find me on Instagram at Rudy Solis 3. You can find me on Twitter at Rudy Solis 3 RD. Rudy Solis 3rd. So concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Solis III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis the first, baby. Boom. We'll see you next time. Same Gold Cast time. Same Goldcast channel. Don't forget, it's not. We won't be back till July, till August. I mean, so have a great, have a great summer. Enjoy July, and we'll be back right in time for preseason. So rest up, get ready, because here it comes, Goldcast Nation, 49er faithful, the quest for six. Let's go. This is, is the Goldcast.